Greetings, future lovers. This is Killstreak episode 42. I'm Eric Goslin, and joining me here, as always, is Mr. Mike Price, all the way over in Texas. How are you, sir? I'm doing okay. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the vibe today, because we are here to talk about Ginger Dead Man 2. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> Ginger Dead Man 2, The Passion of the Crust, also known as Ginger Dead Man 2 bakery of blood yeah and also the uh title on imdb and in the circulation now is passion of the crust Mm -hmm. but then the poster says the passion of the crust so there's at least (laughs) there's at least three sort of different titles to this movie Um, jesus um this is a movie that is notable for being a movie that I watched yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Most noteworthy for being the movie that this episode is about. Yep. Um. <laughs> I had not seen it before this and now true. I have seen it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> a lot to talk about, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think I think that there's uh things to talk about. For sure. Um uh, Again, it's just mystifying to me that we bungled this holiday theme so badly. Now, I want to get I, I want to get out in front of this right now. There is an elf in this movie. There is an elf in this movie. You're right. He's complaining about not having toilet paper. Yeah. He's wiping his ass with his socks. Yeah. So, there is exponentially more holiday content in this one than there was in the first. <laughs> Oh man, this uh this entry in the Ginger Dead Man series, I'd say, is more outwardly a comedy yeah, compared yeah, to the first. Agreed. The first first didn't take itself very seriously in any way, but it was still essentially a horror movie. I guess. I guess, yeah. I guess. I, um, I don't know what else you would call it. And then this one is just full on we're in fucking crazy town. Yeah. Yeah, I guess this one, what is, What do you think, in the most charitable way, manner, like, what do you think they were thinking this was going to be? Like, in their mind, this is like, is this a cutting satire? Yeah, um, I think it's, in their mind, the writer of this thinks that this was a satire of Hollywood, of low-budget mm. filmmaking, and also yeah. a celebration. Of- a celebration specifically of Full Moon full Entertainment. Moon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, well, let's go right in. Why Why not? Um, yeah, let's do it. Uh, oh, I have one. Just because we're jumping right in, this is literally we do not need to talk about it at all, but we don't really talk about media diet much. But I wanted oh, to yeah. say that I watched... Uh, uh, what's what was it? Uh, Ready or not? Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. So I like that movie a lot. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was pretty pretty solid. It was fun. Uh, yeah. And I watched uh, Knock Knock. Um, oh yeah, based like, on some, right the Eli Roth one, right? The Eli Roth. Yeah, a couple mm-hmm. of uh, uh, friends who are I know our listeners uh, recommended it, and uh, it's a very interesting movie. Like I I was kind of surprised by how it's um. It's a it's a horror movie for sure, but it contains very little violence, especially which is really surprising for an Eli Roth movie, but still mm. manages to be like kind of uncomfortable and sure. Uh, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I was surprised because I'm not All usually right. a big Eli Roth guy. Um, yeah, 
and he's definitely doing a bit of the like I didn't see Green Inferno, but I know mm. that part of it was like making fun of like hashtag activism and right. like, you know, millennials. And there is definitely some of that, like Eli Roth button pushing. Okay. Um, but you know, I'm a big boy. I can sure. separate my my opinions on that from the mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um okay, well, brief detour aside. Eric, what was your blood and guts check <laughs> gut reaction to Ginger Dead Man to Passion of the Crust? Yeah, um, yeah, this movie sucks still. It's <laughs> <laughs> another uh, long, another stinker in the series. Um, you know, we'll have to wait till our ranking episode. Yeah, oh, Jesus Christ, to, to talk about <laughs> it, how this one compares to the original, but yeah. Uh, I was just, you know, this movie is like from t- 2008. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah. 12 years old now. Mm-hmm. The rampant homophobia. Holy shit. Yeah. I was it, like taken aback by that. It's pretty, it's pretty rough. Uh, luckily, I, I mean, if there's any, if there's any relief from it, it's the fact that the movie kills its gay character fairly early on. Yeah, and so you don't have to suffer through uh, the terrible, terrible homophobic jokes. Yeah, for the for the latter two thirds of the movie, that's the one good thing I can say about it is at least they get it out of the way early. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what about yourself? What was your reaction to this movie? <sighs> okay, well, it's <laughs> it's very bad. Um, I guess it's better than the first one, though. Uh, I don't know. I know. I know. I'm not supposed to rank them, and yeah, whatever. Uh, fuck it. This is a stupid series, clearly. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. It's definitely. It feels more expensive. But there's to, there's more happening. There's more happening. There are a handful of attempts at jokes which are a little bit amusing. Uh huh. Uh-huh. There was like nothing to enjoy about the first movie. Yeah, other than All, like Gary Busey, which Gary yes, Busey that's isn't true. Even in this one. And I will say that this movie suffers for not having Gary Busey. Yeah, I was surprised. I really thought he was the ginger ginger dead man the whole time. But. I think that he might come back later on in the okay. series. But yeah. But I I mean, I don't know. This movie is very dumb. It looks, I mean, and I think this is maybe a uh, a joke we've made before, but it's really not even a joke, because it's just this movie, this movie truly is like a porno film without any sex in it. Um, yeah. Like, that is oh, a... Oh, wow. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I uh-huh. just saw Ginger Dead Man 3 is not voiced by Gary Busey, and not even voiced by the same guy who did it in part two. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. It's it's porn without sex, you're saying. Yeah, and it, I mean, it really, truly, it looks like it, it feels like it, it operates with the same level of humor. Um, yeah, and that's not to say, like, you know, I have some Twitter uh, friends or associations, whatever, what have you, that, like, I know one or two people who work in, in the production end of that, like, fun parody porn world um mm. and they're nice and they have decent senses of humor but those movies are not funny uh right. in like a in like a really meaningful way right. and this movie's kind of the same thing it's like this movie thinks it's a comedy and it's 
not, and it's very bad at doing that. Um, yes. But it's trying, this is more of a movie, kind of, but also it's like, it is the ultimate in, like, direct-to-video. It's a video. It's not a, like, these movies don't deserve to get called films. They're yes. videos. <laughs> <laughs> Did, uh, you mentioned funny uh, comedy and porn movies. Did I uh-huh. talk on the show about the funniest thing I've ever seen? I don't think it, so. That doesn't a, sound familiar. In a porno film? No, tell me. All right, so uh, as some of the listeners may know, I don't know how they would know this, <laughs> I tend to gravitate towards the vintage stuff, the uh, stuff from the 70s and 80s. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. And there was one <laughs> where it was two people outside. Like someone, It started with like somebody looking in on a window and then getting mm-hmm. caught, and they go at it outside uh, in the front yard, essentially. Okay. And <laughs> in the middle of the scene, there's just a sound of, of like a car screaming screeching out and crashing <laughs> you have you have to <laughs> and the, mention and the actors that. don't react to it and they just keep going at it and it cuts away and it cuts back and there's like there's like s- sirens and stuff <laughs> it's so fucking funny oh it's man just, it's definitely just the editor did it just to make himself laugh <laughs> uh, uh yeah, yeah. that that does yeah that that's that's funny stuff um woof. i had a lot of things to say but it's like the movie. More than anything, this movie uh, continues the trend of the first one, which it is. It it's sort of exhausting. Yes. Um, it's not as boring. It moves faster. No, a lot more happens. It's um, not just two people walking from one room to another over and over again. Totally. Yeah, it's definitely more of an undertaking. It is a more ambitious movie. But it's not done much better. Like the execution, it's basically like they just did a lot more and did about as bad of a job again. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and not this one wasn't even directed by band, was it? Like the first one? Well, was by let's get into that. We okay. don't. We don't know. We do not know who directed this film. Um, and I tried to find out. Uh-huh. Um, the credited director is Sylvia St. Croix. That is a confirmed pseudonym. That is not okay. a real person. Okay. Sylvia St. Croix has to, and we'll again charitably say her credit, because I have a strong feeling this is not a movie directed by a woman. Yeah. yeah. Um, three credits. Director of Ginger Man, Ginger Dead Man 2, Passion of the Crust. Writer of 2020's Corona Zombies, which is a, <laughs> a Charles Band written uh, film, wow. um, film again in quotation marks, <laughs> and then also the director of Bunker of Blood: colon, Chapter Eight: colon, Butcher's Bake Off: colon, Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> great. So literally, it's just two of these. Ginger Dead Man properties, and then the writer of Corona Zombies, which is a movie that Charles Band directed. So, based on the research that I was able to do, and I will say that in general, there is a, lo- a big lack of useful production and behind the scenes information on all of these Full Moon movies. But this one is, it's a black hole. Like, there's the DVD has no special features. Um, IMDb has no fucking clue who Sylvia St. Croix is. No one knows what the budget of this film was. No one knows where it was shot, what it was shot with. 
Like literally, if you go to IMDb, it's like filming locations, Los Angeles, California. That's all. <laughs> that's all it says. Um, but I will say that in the very, very reliable IMDb trivia, some person wrote with zero evidence or support uh, for this claim that Sylvia St. Croix is a pseudonym for William Butler. Okay. Um, who we've talked about before, uh, who is one of the writers of the original, who is one of the writers of this one. Is also one of the co-writers of the Return of the Living Dead sequels uh, and is the guy from Night 90, right? He's also an actor. Um, so he's come up on the podcast before. So, And also the voice of the ginger dead man in part three. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. great. <laughs> so basically, this movie is directed by either Charles Band who for some reason has chosen to direct under a pseudonym, which we can get into the logic behind that in a little bit, or it's William Butler. There's like a slim chance that it could be John Carl Beekler. Okay. Who is in the film um, is. as he an plays. actor, quote unquote. Yeah. He plays Orson. What is it? Oh, I just had it. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, oh, fuck. This is great. Awesome, Eric. You're doing a really good job. Orson Biggs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Worth it. Worth stopping the fucking podcast in his tracks. We needed to know Biggs. Biggs yeah. was important. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So anyways, like I would put all my money on one of those three guys being Sylvia St. Clair, St. Croix. Okay. And, and it seems likely like if that IMDb trivia bit didn't exist, I would say 80% it's just banned. Right. But because someone somewhere wrote that on a website with no evidence to back up the claim, we at least have to. Yeah, it puts that idea in your head. Well, maybe it is William Butler. He, this right. person, someone somewhere is claiming that it's William Butler. So, yeah, that's who that's the directing story. Uh, do, what do you think? Um, yeah, I band probably is the least likely, in my opinion, just because I don't know why he wouldn't put his name on it. It, okay. It being like a full moon endeavor sure, sure. that he produced, unless there's like just a straight up uh, accounting reason why why. He <laughs> well, well, one, on. how far fetched does that seem that 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 these guys would jump through hoops to pay a little bit less money yeah, to somebody so for maybe some that reason? That is the most likely. Uh-huh. Uh Beekler. Also, kind of seems a little unlikely because I feel like he he's in the movie, so he may as well just put his name on it, right? Unless he was just like really unhappy with how it turned out. Um, but the thing but is, I there think- was never an announced director either, so it almost seems like this was deliberate from the beginning. Yeah. Any in Beekler directs stuff still looks like like mm-hmm. little things, but right. Ghoulies go to college. <laughs> um, Grandpa's place. So yeah. Uh, Maybe William Butler is I don't know. I just don't understand why anybody would take their name off of it. Well, I here's what here's what I think. I don't think anybody chose to take their name off of it. I think this is my best guess uh and it's completely just a guess, but I think that whoever like they wrote this script too and 
whether or not Charles Band is credited as a writer, you have to assume he had something to do with the story. Yeah. Um, and this movie has a really strong through line of being both, like we talked about a little bit in the intro, it is like a huge fucking hand job to Full Moon Pictures. Yes. And how great it is. Even though their movies, but it's also it's like our movies suck, but they're fun. And if you don't like them, you suck, and you should just go away because other people do. And we're doing a good thing for the world. And then also, it's like this crazy screed against online commenters who apparently, you yeah. know, who don't like full moon movies, which they've already admitted suck. Um, so all of this being like the whole point of the movie. I feel like if you're Charles Ban and you have even just a, a tinge of self-awareness, it's like, sure, sure. it's pretty fucking lame to do all of that in defense of yourself and your production company. Sure. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I do want to mention that you are currently in the week-long trial period of the full moon streaming service. <laughs> are you true. going to take it? Are you going to take full advantage of that? Are you going to watch yeah, more? Yeah, I'm going to watch Ginger Dead Man 3 right before it expires and then okay, I'm going to cancel that's it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I figured I could do Ginger Dead Man 3 on Friday instead of Saturday this week. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, no, I'm not really. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of interest in exploring the rest of the Full Moon catalog, honestly. Um, it seems like, looking at the cast, uh huh, it seems like a lot of favors were called in. You know what I mean? I bet, I bet, like it seemed. I don't know, like Greg Nicotero's in there. Sure, is part of it. Um, the director, I think, of Frozen, the the not the uh not the Disney movie, but the. Mm. The one about the guy trapped on the um, ski lift is in uh-huh. it. It just seems like it's probably like, oh, people who started out with Charles Band early on. And there's a lot back. of people who still work with Full Moon Features, too. Like the director of the ass paddling scene or whatever yeah. is a guy named David Dakota who is like directed a bunch of Puppet Master movies. and like Oh, that's that's like himself. He's playing himself. Yes. Yeah. That's his name. That's funny. Um, and yeah, like you mentioned, Beekler's in this one. Um, there's some other special effects people. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's supposed to be this big, like hot, like it's like, it's like an inside Hollywood movie, except it's not really Hollywood. It's like the insane, it's like the, the sea level fringe of Hollywood. Yeah. There's a movie that this, this one reminds me of so much Mm -hmm. in plot and in tone. But I, I'm saving it for the end uh, okay. for our final segment. <laughs> sure. Um, but it's almost like beat for beat, this movie. It's, <laughs> it's shocking. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, I don't know where I was going. I, I, I kind of petered out there. But That's all right. Yeah. It, you never really got going in the first place, if it makes you feel any better. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> so I'm just like staring at John Carl Beekler's. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah I, uh this is uh, this we're trying out a new segment everybody which is eric reads off imdb for the first 20 minutes of the episode. <laughs> new segment we i do this every episode hold basically. on uh hold on hold on hold on hold let on, me uh, uh just scrolling i'm scrolling oh um, 
Oh, this is interesting. <laughs> oh, Jesus William God. Novi was the director of photography. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, cast wise, aside from like these uh, cameos from you know low budget horror world folks, is fucking nobody. Um, the lead uh, Kelsey Sanders, who plays Heather, is like she's managed to book a couple single episodes of cable shows. Um, the other guy whose name, no shit, is credited not as Kevin, but K Dash Vaughn. K Vaughn. K Vaughn. (laughs) Which I think really tell it, like, it kind of sums this whole movie up really nicely, where it's like, and and we've talked about this before with other shitty movies, (laughs) where it's just like, that is the most like 1999 thing imaginable, and this movie is from fucking 2008. Oh yeah, I mean, it feels like it was unearthed in a time capsule from yes. the, like turn of the century. Well, and it's funny because it's like so you have the same writers, Butler and Strongoni, who did the the Return of the Living Dead, Necropolis, and Rave to the Grave. Now, granted, they claim the, those scripts were taken from them and changed and butchered, but it's like those movies are the only are like the other movies we've done that feel the same way where it's like they feel yeah. 10 years older than they actually are yeah man what a career this william butler's had <laughs> truly <laughs> it's it's just like how much i mean how much money do you get for writing a ginger dead man too i wonder and there's I, no way of knowing i will guess two thousand dollars yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. To write a, f- a feature-length screenplay, that's mm-hmm. like two to three thousand dollars would be my guess. Yeah, for a place like this. But here's the thing: I wouldn't be blown away if you told me it was half that. If he got a, if he got a thousand dollars, which like for a lot of Hollywood people, like at the low level, but just like working people in production in various roles, like that's a day. For a lot yeah. of for a lot of jobs and right. for even like shitty jobs. Like I worked in digital media for a long time where people get paid fucking dick. And that's two days. That's two days of work. Like you're right. still making right. like five hundred dollars a day to be on a, a on a video shoot. Right. Um yeah, so it can't be well, what do you think the budget for this movie is? There's no way I to know. know. I want you to guess. I want I want to know what you think. Uh I I'm gonna guess Two hundred thousand dollars, maybe. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit. Maybe a hundred thousand. Yeah. I, I mean, don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's so hard to say because, like, they're clearly using stuff that they already have. You know what right. I mean? Like, yes. Like the uh, the puppets, probably in like the sets. Well, because it's like an autobiographical like- movie. Like, it's supposed right. to take place at a place like Full Moon Features. Yep. But here would be my argument. I highly doubt that Full Moon Features owns a studio. <laughs> That, oh yeah, 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 for sure, yeah. Right, so there is no place like maybe they have a warehouse where they keep all the puppets and shit, yeah. and like well, some I bet sets. This is probably but... shot on a warehouse. It looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not like an actual s- studio. Right. Not maybe. a real I mean, studio. Like one they converted. I don't know. Well, uh, one of the jokes that I was thinking to myself is they keep cutting away to this clearly b-roll that they did not shoot for this movie of the exterior of a hollywood studio and i'm like yeah i'm like that's a much bigger studio than wherever yeah. the fuck they yeah, shot that this. looks like paramount or something yeah, yeah. i mean any it just it looks like a real studio where they shoot stuff on actual sound stages with like 20 
five foot ceilings and i'm like no this is an office like yeah (laughs) um so yeah it's i mean it's a real fucking mystery and this is one of those things where i've said this before but like as bad as this movie is i am so curious to know what happened like how it got made and what happened behind the scenes and like i would love to interview someone who was on this set because honestly like just to start with questions like who directed this movie tell us who made this just tell us (laughs) (laughs) right and then we could go from there but uh yeah ah wow um it's almost as short as the first one not almost not quite there is uh a lot of padding around the the edges to, mm-hmm. to get us to a <laughs> yeah. seventy two minute runtime. Yeah, <laughs> but at, like the end credits are only half as long. Although they yeah, are the end credits weren't as they long. are still stretched out considerably by listing hundreds upon hundreds of honorary producers who donated money. Is that to, what that was? was yes, it a Kickstarter like an, an early Kickstarter. It game? was. It was. I think. Um, what was it? It wasn't even a Kickstarter. It was like for some special release or something like that. Like, I think it's only for the DVD. I read it somewhere. Let me go digging. I don't know. Did you have other... I mean, before we just go into the plot synopsis, is there anything else that you wanted to share about how you felt generally about the movie? Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll come through when, I'm, when I uh, am going beat by beat, but like... Yeah, this is. I had a hard time focusing on this movie. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's a it's a mess, but <laughs> like it does move kind of like much more admirably than the first one. Yeah. If I if you forced me to say anything real positive about this movie, it would be that like there aren't a lot of like there aren't any scenes really where I found myself zoning out and just being like, Jesus Christ, I wish something would happen. They just, they keep doing things. And I keep thinking that was a bad idea that, why would you do that? Like, but at least things are happening. Can you guess what my favorite part was? My favorite, like character and thing in the movie. (laughs) Was it, was it Michelle Bauer as, uh, as Polly Bunderhoof? It was the haunted dildo. <laughs> the haunted, I did think the haunted dildo was very funny. The haunted dildo guy. That was one of the things that I got a little bit of a chuckle out of when they were just like in a haunted dildo. And then they he looks so funny. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't look like a dildo at all. No. It looks like, a, it's like if there was a, a dick and balls character in labyrinth. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like a dick ghoulie or something. Yeah. <laughs> also, dick ghoulie is what I use, is the name I use when I like stay at a hotel. <laughs> oh, boy. That's fun. I like that. Um... <laughs> I'm laughing really hard about dick ghoulie. I'm going to change right. my name on Twitter. Well, why doesn't everybody uh, take a break, drink some water, have a good chuckle about dick ghoulie? <laughs> And then we will uh, we will come back with the <laughs> gripping plot synopsis after a quick break. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, Dick Gooley got me. Okay, we got a storybook opening to this movie. 
Uh-huh. Is this the cleverest part of the whole movie? I think so. It looks like shit, though. If you know, I look looked closely <laughs> at it. Yeah. And like the drawing, you can see the pencil marks and stuff. Of they didn't spend a very long time on whoever, like whoever did this. No offense, you drew no, better but than I, I think could. But I wasn't gonna. I wasn't really talking about the um, the drawing. More so, the writing of the fairy oh, yeah, tale yeah, yeah, narration. Yeah. It seems like the most work that anyone put into writing anything in both of these two movies. Yeah, because it's rhyming. It's a it, it, yeah. It, <laughs> It recounts the entire first movie. <laughs> Once upon a time, a fair maiden and lad journeyed out for a feast with their kind-hearted dad. It's so stupid. And it's just, they just recount the first movie. I would say that this is better than watching the first movie. Yeah, I was going to say, one of my notes is we finally get a clear story of <laughs> his mother. Because it's like, yeah. his mother, the witch, turned him into gingerbread seed, whatever the fuck it is, how they ever Right, which also makes sense with why on the internet, there are all these synopses that are very clear about, well, that's what's happening. Right. And I bet a lot of that is, is, is like retconned because they said it in this one. They're like, well, now we finally know what happened. My mother's a witch in Coons, bro. <laughs> I can't listen to that again. It makes like I even put a closed captioning on for that line, and it just says mumbles. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of mumbles, if you thought Gary Busey mumbled, get ready for the new Ginger Dead Man. Oh, yeah, um, they're really padding out this intro. It's three and a half minutes long of, of recap mm-hmm. of the first movie, and yep. then we get two more minutes of uh, opening credits with like a song, and the song is an yeah, original song. It. Uh-huh. What's it called? Did you write down what, what it's called? It's called Run Run Run. Run Run Run. And it's basically like I don't give a damn other than in a dan dan. Like whatever yeah. that song is from the Freaks yeah, and Geeks opening. Yeah, it's Joan Jett. Joan um, Jett, yeah. Bad Bad Reputation. Bad yeah. Reputation, yeah, exactly. I, um it is that song with different it's lyrics. It's a cup yeah, it like it they would have what I don't understand is that it they would have had to pay for the rights to the original to make this. Yeah. And that just seems very out of character for Charles Band. Right. Uh, I feel like they would change like two notes every every verse and just be like, yeah, it's not the same. But you know? it is credited as a different song. Like not like, you know, yeah. Bad Reputation. It's called like Run, 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 whatever. It's missing. But it is the same. But it's the same music. It's the same music. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. It's like they took a karaoke track of that song and just made new lyrics. Right. It's an incredibly repetitive song. Oh, my God. It has, I want to say, three, like, four-measure lines. Yeah. At, that just repeat over and over again for three minutes. Yeah, and, yeah. and they play the entire song. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the credits are a, a, a step above the first movie, though, because at least you can sure. tell what's happening. Yeah. And it's all like mm-hmm. horror movie posters, which is pretty cool. Like you know, fits, yeah, fits it, along it, with the theme they, of the movie. They look a lot better than a lot than some of our shitty credits yeah. do. Um, but uh, yeah. So then we uh, we open on a movie studio, the one that we aforementioned. Definitely a stolen shot from <laughs> of another studio. Yeah, it's like a set that I I wish I had a, a better command of the full Mooniverse so I could just. <laughs> Immediately identify what pre-existing set from another contemporary film this is. Um, they're shooting Tiny Terrors, take 36, lights, camera, action. Yeah, like an evil wizard or something trying to raise a demon 
Uh, mm-hmm. A woman is chained down on a slab and being branded by a pen- uh, with pentagrams by like these two kind of vampire-y looking minions, um, almost like Buffy vampire looking around the eyes. Yeah. The Buffy makeup uh, head makeup person is in a cameo in this. Film. Oh, really? So who knows? Maybe, maybe he did the makeup on these two. It's possible. Oh, interesting. But um, you're right. It looks a lot like the Buffy TV makeup. Throw gold at her. No gold. More gold. More gold. It pleasures me. Even still, more gold. Just throwing gold <laughs> coins at this woman, which I don't understand. Uh, but again, like I would say that if the whole movie was this movie, it would probably be better. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Even because like, it's at least it's like weird and like sort of avant garde. <laughs> he cuts her heart out. It looks pretty cool. Like it looks good. Um, yeah, they get a nice. They just cut away. It's smart. He goes in with a knife. They cut away. He lifts the bloody heart up. It's like pumping. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, this movie's definitely more violent than the first movie, which I enjoy. That's true. Um, yeah. Except for one scene. Rise, the tiny, rise, tiny terrors. And we get this horrible, really bad looking CG lightning and this like pirate ghost puppet appears. And then uh-huh. another weird puppet in an e- like looks like um, kind of like a that goof, the goofy gremlin, but like in a little girl outfit. Yes. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> yeah, I know who you're talking about um, with the, the, the fucking googly eyed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and then yeah. the an evil gnome. Uh, they're clearly making fun of Puppet Master and Ghoulies. Do you know who the gnome? Did you know? Did you catch the gnome's name? I forget. No. <laughs> it's it's Knob Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um. Yeah, yeah. It's a little Puppet Master. It's demonic toys too. Um, but yeah, this is like it's just a hallmark of Full Moon movies, and I think they also. You, we find out multiple times that this is the ninth installment of the Tiny Terrors yeah. series. Yeah. Um, a, there's a robot percolator with gun with like machine guns. Um, <laughs> yeah, for hands. A dancing doll called Shit for Brains. It's just like a doll with like like that Buddy the Levi's doll or Lee doll with like mm-hmm. shit on his head. Yep. Uh, and then the haunted haunted dildo, my favorite. <laughs> It has a mustache, right? Uh, either he has a mustache or, or like eyebrows. A, a part, yeah, eyebrows, like Groucho eyebrows. Okay, yeah, okay. Rise, haunted dildo, rise. <laughs> um, and then Shipper Brain shoots shit in the wizard's eyes. Son of a bitch, that's a cut. We got John Carl Beekler as Orson Biggs, uh, calling the shots here. We meet Ricky, the like gay caricature. Uh, makeup artist uh who just is complaining the entire time uh yeah he even like goes the so ricky goes to like wipe the shit off of the wizard's face or whatever the fuck that guy is and um he's like yeah get away from me queen or something it's like jesus christ mm-hmm. um yeah he complains to kelvin the son the owner the owner of the studio um, he's the, the son of the guy who started the studio, Kelvin. Um, yeah, this is our man, Kayvon. Yeah, Kayvon. <laughs> uh, he's threatening yeah. to quit. Everybody's upset. Everybody's pissed off on the set. Um, all the actors are complaining. Then the director complains to the animatronics guy. Um, <laughs> the, 
It's called Cheatham International, which is kind of funny. Kelvin Cheatham. <laughs> is it? Is I don't it know. Funny? Yeah, maybe you're not. Oh, you just sent me. <laughs> yeah, I sent you a picture of a haunted dildo. <laughs> I'm going to look at it. Live okay. on air. Here we go. Yeah. Got to pack this baby out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's Cheatham Productions. Like, uh, oh, that's not what, what I was expecting. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Car talk. You know the old Dewey Cheatham and how? Yeah. What? That was a haunted dildo. Yeah, I thought it was the haunted dildo. Oh, no, it was just a haunted dildo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're making Tiny Terrors 9, colon, Purgatory of the Petite. <laughs> uh, and he, and she, Kelvin thinks that this one is going to save the studio because the studio has uh, has fallen on some hard times. Uh, we meet the crafty lady, <laughs> Polly. Polly Bund- yeah. Bunderhoof? <laughs> Bunderhoof, yeah. It's played by Michelle Bauer. Um, yeah, so I don't know if she's come up explicitly on the podcast before. I don't think so. But... She is she is the third of a quartet, uh, I should say, not a quartet, a trio of 80s scream queens, mm-hmm. the other two of which we have mentioned multiple times. But so Linnea Quigley, who shows up in our very first episode, yep. um, is one. Uh, and then the next is a connected in our uh, sort of tiny Kevin Bacon way uh, to John Carl Beekler. Okay. Shows up in uh, Friday the 13th, Part 7. Um, and I am struggling to remember her name off the top of my head. Um, no, it's it's the... it's So these the, the, the trio that I am going about eventually naming... Uh, it, was, it was Brink Stevens oh, was yeah, the yeah, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, Brink Stevens. Right. And then Michelle Bauer is the third. And these are the uh, the titular sorority babes in the Slimeball Bolorama. Oh! Awesome. Um, and which is directed by none other than David Dakota. <laughs> oh, no shit. Wow, it all comes full yeah. circle. It all comes full circle. Yes. So, anyways, going all the way back, Polly Bunderhoof uh, is. Yeah, so she's an old 80s scream queen who also dabbled in a little bit of pornography, but only. Uh, as a nude model, she had a body double for her sex scenes, but she's in the semi-notorious film Cafe Flesh. I've never heard of that. Um, yeah, it's weird, huh. uh, and it's a porn. So, anyways. Um, yeah, so Polly Bunderhoof comes waltzing in, sexy music blares. She's carrying a box of donuts. <laughs> her boobs look weird. Her boobs are giga- <laughs> a gigantic. Um, I hope you're hungry because I am breaking out my big pink box she said pink box of pastries i laughed a little bit at this <laughs> my sister sent us some baked goods all the way from the great state of texas so there we go we got the connection from uh-huh. the first and, movie. That, and that's it that's all you're gonna get that's all you're gonna get and then from the box we hear the ginger dead man say where the fuck am i and then <laughs> the ginger dead man's just like lying on top of a pile of donuts um, yeah a grip or something picks him up and is like, this thing's stale and like whacks him against the table. Ginger dead man continues to be, uh, unreasonably huge for a baked. Yeah. He's so big. Yeah. He's probably two feet tall. (laughs) Uh, It's like no one has ever served anyone a two foot tall cookie. Just like here, have this cookie for lunch. (laughs) It's like a birthday cake. (laughs) 
uh, size gingerbread man. <laughs> yeah. Um, then uh, one of the actresses, I didn't get her name, doesn't really fucking matter, uh, is crying and threatening to leave. You said this movie was going to turn out, was going to turn me into a star. She says star really strangely. Uh, yeah, you told yeah. me I was the most talented waitress you ever met. And then she says, I gave you a blowjob to John Carl Beekler. And uh, right. one of the other actors is like, oh, you too? <laughs> so, which is kind of funny. But she says, bill job. <laughs> I, I, what? I rewound it. She says blowjob. That's what she's, the line uh-huh. is. But she pronounces it bill job. It's really weird. I don't know what kind of ac- <laughs> accent she's working with. Okay, cool. I'll do some digging. Yeah, do some digging. Find out what a bill job is. <laughs> Um, Maybe ask Monica, huh? huh? So then uh, Beekler just, is talking to... Um, nothing? You can, Mo- you're just going to completely move on past that? Ask Monica? You know, Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky? Come oh, on, Jesus man. Christ. Well, I got confused because we have a, fr- a friend named Monica, and I was, that's that's who I thought... And I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I'm moving on. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This is a real yes and type of situation. I, I, you caught me while I was reading. Um, Anyways, I just want to say before we move on that I have a ton of respect for Monica Lewinsky and a lot less respect for Bill Clinton. That's just a classic 90s joke. That's all, folks. And which fits with this movie because it's all it's full of classic 90s gay panic. <laughs> um, yeah, that just managed to time warp eight, like 15 years into the future. Yeah. Uh, I also do in, uh, have let's let's just say this, guys. We here at Killstreak, mm. we respect Monica Lewinsky. And we don't yep. like Bill Clinton. <laughs> True. Yeah, that um, is the podcast stance. That's the podcast yeah. stance. Um, they still make Monica Lewinsky jokes, which is insane. I know you just oh, made yeah. a Monica Lewinsky joke. You did. Yeah, you did right, tongue in cheek, but like, mm-hmm. it's still like yeah. a thing that conservatives will make jokes about. Why are they so obsessed with the Clintons? I don't understand it. Anyway. Uh. Well, they did murder a bunch of. People that's true. There. They did do that. Um. Anyway, so the director's complaining to Kelvin. Uh, I'd really like to help you save your dad's studio, but you don't pay me enough to put up with this shit. And everybody's like, "Wait, you get paid?" And it turns into a full-scale <laughs> riot on set. The script girl accidentally gets her nose broken. All hell breaks loose. Uh, Kelvin's like, "Great work, everybody. Uh, I'm gonna go to my office and order pizza for everyone." Um, and then the ginger dead man arises. Looks like my kind of place. Wait till they get a taste of me. Uh, <laughs> then we meet Tommy. Tommy, an actor oh, who must be thirty years old, playing a sickly young boy. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. In a wheelchair, he's a. Basically, like a a, a make a wish patient, but they call it. Yeah, they have another name for it. <laughs> End of the rainbow, which I thought was actually kind of like clever. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> um, Cheatham Studios. I can't believe I'm here. Uh, he's there with Heather, who's like his caretaker for the day, getting a nighttime tour of the <laughs> Cheatham Studios. Yeah. Can you just feel the movie magic in the air? Then the script girl runs out with her no- her bloody nose. Um, 
Anyway, uh, Kel- Kelvin convinces her to stay. There's like some weird flirting with her and Wendy, with him and Wendy. I thought they were a couple, but I guess not. Uh, go ahead. No, no, I'm just trying to remember who, which one. Wendy was the actor. No, Wendy was right? the script girl who gets her script nose, girl. Her okay, nose broken. Um, right, right, right. He just kind of flirts with everybody at the beginning, and then he's like, "Wait, are you guys here about the tiny terror action figure lawsuit?" I'm sure you heard the news that the toxic ones were removed and 80% of the boy's body hair will grow back. <laughs> um, so she's Heather Crocker. Tommy's like fanboying out. Yeah, there's another Betty Crocker. They don't really go as whole hog with the uh, the like baked goods. Well, they, they don't say any of them in the movie and then you watch the credits and it's like, oh, her last name is Hines. Oh, okay. There's someone, there's someone whose last name is Cinnabonus. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I took a sip of, of Zira, Zira or Zyra Cinnabonus. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> this movie's going to kill me. They, they stayed up all night in the writer's room coming up with that one. <laughs> You're Kelvin Cheatham, son of Rupert Cheatham, the low-budget movie master, creator of such genre hits as Beach Blanket bludgeonry and maniac dry cleaner in escape from sloth island yeah that one was a little slow in parts (laughs) (laughs) tommy's like your father's movies changed my life or what's left of it anyway (laughs) and then heather's like don't be sad tommy maybe you'll see him up in heaven (laughs) which is like fucking crazy (laughs) it's pretty good and I mean, this just starts like we're going to get more of this, but this is the first, you know, he talks, starts talking about Kelvin Cheatham's dad. When we really start to lay into the autobiographical elements of this, where it's like Kelvin Cheatham is supposed to be Charles Band, only he is 30 years younger. Yeah. Um, but Charles Band's father was a producer named Albert Band, who basically started the first company. Um, I think along with Charles, which was, uh, was that empire we said? Um, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But so Charles band was a producer of a bunch of these Italian movies in the seventies and sixties. And then he's like credited as one of the producers on troll and terror vision and ghoulies and all of these, um, even honey, I blew up the kid (laughs) somehow. Um, and he directed Ghoulies too. He directed the pre, the first two pre hysteria movies. So he was like part of the company when what they were doing could still, if you're feeling generous, be referred to as B movie stuff. Right. Right. And then once he died and Charles band fully took over that lodges us firmly in the C-level era of the Puppet Master demonic toys movies. Right. And this lovely series that is unfolding before us. Um, so, Polly is at, is at Crafty. She's bowling out. She's like ladling out big bowls of stew and flirting with everybody. It's like One <laughs> actor in particular. I think his name's Nick. Yeah, uh, it's one of the Buffy-looking guys. Yeah, exactly. Um, what does she say about her stew? I forgot to write this I didn't down. Write she it has down some either, gross fucking it's, line. It's real, yeah, it's gross. It's like she's yeah. making like sexual innuendos about stew. Yeah, <laughs> the sexiest of all meats uh, of all dishes. Yeah, um, the ginger dead man just calls her a fucking whore, right? <laughs> He's like, like yeah, the ginger dead man is very toxic in this film. <laughs> 
uh, I better split before one of these shitheads gets hungry. Um, Calvin gets pulled away from Tommy. It's it's like the guy who's like run, who's like the uh, I guess line producer or something. The wire didn't come through from Russia, <laughs> which I thought was funny. They get their money from Russia. <laughs> there is some actually yeah. like now recounting it. I'm laughing at stuff that I wasn't really laughing at the first time around. Right. It's a lot of dumb chuckle lines, which is like a lot more than the first movie had going uh-huh. for it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so there's basically there's too many movies in production and the like accounting guy wants to pull the plug on every on all of them and just concentrate on making one good movie. <laughs> instead of nine shitty movies do you think this is a real conversation that happened with charles band and his line producer oh, probably um yeah. <laughs> the script for tiny terrors got leaked onto the internet and everybody hates it especially demon warrior 13 he started yeah. a letter writing campaign for everyone to boycott the studio so i forgot that demon warrior 13 was called demon warrior 13 and then they yeah they bring him up again a couple There's times. a reveal later on. Yeah. yeah. And then when they bring it up in the future, like the other times, I'm like, oh, is that another movie series? They're working on the 13th one. <laughs> and then so I was very confused at that reveal. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. It's crazy to think you couldn't follow this plot <laughs> uh, easily all the way through. Uh, then Ginger Dead Man. I guess it's time to get back to the bloodshed. Um, this one dude I noticed is wearing a shirt. That just says college on it. <laughs> um, That's the old uh, Belushi shirt from. Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. Holy shit. You're right. Huh. I, uh, oh, I I thought they were being more clever than they are. Sorry. Nope. Nope. <laughs> um, so, re- sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> referencing another comedy. Um, <laughs> so Ricky, the makeup artist, comes up and just raw dogs a tube of cookie dough. Just like fucking eating it out of the tube is disgusting and it looks fucked up it doesn't even look like normal cookie dough it's it's like too soft and it's too dark yeah and yeah and it's so this is the first really bad um gay caricature stuff we get from ricky who's already like his character is like just a total sort of classic uh flaming queen kind of this thing in which you know that may be who the actor is and and if, if so great but you get the feeling that they're really like fucking yeah. pumping it up yeah, for yeah. this movie like, gayer yeah. do it gayer like you can see, yeah <laughs> hear that note absolutely yeah um ginger dead man just calls him a cream puff boy are you gonna yeah. get it wow just like only because yeah. i mean maybe it's because he's eating cookie dough and that's like what the ginger dead man is made out of, but really it just seems like the ginger dead man doesn't like him because he's gay. Yeah. What, what the movie is setting up for us in a, in a soon to come scene is a hate crime. Yeah. That's what I wrote too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hundred percent a hate crime. It's like fucking uh, boys don't cry level. Like, <laughs> like yeah, fucking hate crime unfolding. On how screen. dare, how dare you be queer in front of me? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I must kill you. Um, so then a li- <laughs> we're back on the studio tour with, with Kelvin, Tommy and Heather, a little person with a helium voice comes out of a, a porta potty <laughs> and he's like, I had to wipe my ass with my socks. He didn't have, they, they ran out of toilet paper. Then he starts crying and screaming about how much he hates Kelvin. 
Um, he kicks the porta potty at one point. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Yeah, and he's dressed yeah. as an elf, a Christmas elf. So we finally have a yeah. Christmas connection here. This wasn't just our a work. colossal waste of time. <laughs> our work here is done. <laughs> we saved Christmas. Um, Tommy gets introduced to Jack Johnson, veteran stuntman. And then uh, he wants to introduce him to Sir Ian Cavanaugh, who's like the star. Of, but he shut mm-hmm. up in his trailer, refusing to come out. And then uh, he does eventually come out and he just attacks Kelvin. He's not happy. He signed up for an independent family drama, not this piece of shit. Uh, take it easy, Surian. It is a family drama of sorts. After all, the tiny terrors are the spawn of Satan. <laughs> kind of a funny line. Yeah, it's not bad. Ginger dead man's walking around. Uh, gotta kill, gotta kill. But where the hell am I? And then, so he he has this whole plan, Ginger dead man, that he his body is getting too stale. He wants to transfer his consciousness into a human body. How is he going to do that? Well, luckily, one of the PAs is um, is wheeling uh, a bunch of satanic spells, uh, spell books around. Spell books, how wonderfully contrived! You can tell that. Yeah, and the the oh, sorry, the uh, writer <laughs> no, is very ahead. proud of himself for that. Yeah, uh, it's a real uh, tongue-in-cheek line, and it's it's it is also a very uh, it feels amusingly lazy that they have just decided to go one further than the first movie in terms of ripping off child's play. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, and <laughs> we cut to uh, space spankers. <laughs> Which is like essentially a, a softcore porn movie. A woman yeah. getting spanked on her table by these guys. They have like NASA paddles. Yeah. Uh, initiate ass pound sequence. Um, the director that you mentioned was the the director of Slime Slime Ball Bolorama. Yeah, David Dakota. Yeah. Also playing. He's just reading a newspaper, not even paying attention. Uh, and there's a robot there. I got it. I had to go back and make sure I, I added that robot there because it comes back later, guys. <laughs> yes, there is a. a it's got a kind of lost in space type of look to it. And the director is also doing like gay panic shit. Because uh, they they make a comment like Tommy eventually meets him. He's like, oh, you're so and so. His your movies are known for having a an undercurrent of homoeroticism. And then, mm-hmm. you know, one of the actors like flexes for the director's like, oh, and he's just like, Con-. yeah. And also, he, I believe his voice is dubbed over yes. to sound gayer. Yep. Yeah, yep. it definitely is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ginger Dead Man's reading a spell book. Easy as pie. This is going to be a fucking cakewalk. He just has to kill five people, just like Evil Dead. <laughs> Same plot as Evil yeah, Dead. Yeah, <laughs> that was weirdly. Yeah, there's some synchronicity there. It was interesting. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this movie thinks gay people are very funny, just for just yeah. for being gay. Um, the studio manager tells Kelvin that he rented out one of the studios for three thousand bucks to a porn company. He's again yeah, three thousand bucks, okay. Um, then we cut to fucking Ginger Dead Man. He's just cackling over a headless corpse. We have no idea who it is. We don't nope. see it happen. Yeah. But we do I don't a, think we ever find out. No, either, we never we? find out. We got a yeah. body count of one. Um, 
And then back on the tour with Kelvin and Heather, they're really like hitting it off. She compliments his pretty eyes. And then we get Ricky, the makeup artist, just singing, I love a parade. Uh, just like really twisting it up around the around the, yeah. the back halls. And Ginger Dead Man, he doesn't like what he sees. He has a knife. Nothing like a little sliced fruitcake. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tommy recognizes Polly as a former screen, scream queen. Uh, and then I thought this is kind of a sweet little observation, which is probably true because uh, Kelvin's like, we like to keep everybody in the Cheatham family working, which does. I don't, I don't know yeah. what it's like to work in a Charles Band movie, but it does seem that they, I mean, the same people keep coming back for more. You get that impression, and also later on in one of the two self-righteous speeches in this film, uh, there is another reference to, uh, so what? It's kind of like that, almost that Adam Sandler thing, like, so what if I just want to make movies and get my friends jobs? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's something admirable about that. I like that. Totally, yeah. Um, So she had to retire because she got botched breast implants. Um, Tommy's, like, fully boning out. Mm. she calls him a cute little billiard ball which he's not even <laughs> bald-headed he just has a shaved head but it's like growing back yeah. he has yeah. also male pattern baldness <laughs> i noticed like <laughs> like it's like a little bit thin on top which is like yeah yeah supposed to be a child i guess uh hey not everyone is cursed or is blessed with lustrous locks oh yeah especially me you know me <laughs> known for my thick head of hair and not not my fucking receding hairline. Hey, you still got the hair, though. You I still, still do got, got the hair. hair. Just a lot of yeah. As Jimmy Pardo says, there's a lot of beach before you get to the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um. So then Ricky goes back to his makeup room. Ginger Dead Man knocks over some water, so he Ricky has to like bend over, and then Ginger Dead Man cranks up the heat on a hair curler. And then meanwhile, on the studio tour, Heather is totally blown away by what she's saying. Wow, what an amazing mm-hmm. life you have. It must be so much fun doing this for a living. Um, and then uh seems like we... Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Tommy's like, yeah, your job really kicks ass. Heather, seems like you have a fan here. Maybe two, actually. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Kelvin starts t- talking about um, how his dad was so happy to go to work every day and make movies. I know that movies we make aren't considered art or mainstream, but for me, it's a passion. For the select crowd that wants something different, I got them lining up around the block. Love them or hate them, you always know at my studio, you're in store for something you can't see at a regular old movie house. And they kiss. Heather and Kelvin. Um... So here's okay, okay, okay. Hold on. So if you're telling me that Charles Band didn't direct this movie, right? These with these speeches, I guess does he have a writing credit? Is my big question. I don't think so. So so I I just find it hard to believe that you could have this coming out of the mouth of Kelvin Cheatham, who is playing Charles Band. Yeah. And Band neither wrote nor directed this film. It doesn't really make sense to me. I feel like he is still my number one Sylvia St. Croix yeah, candidate. Yeah. 
I think that's a good that's a good um theory for this for that reason. Um although I could also see just like when he hired them to write this, it was like mm-hmm. this is also gonna be a celebration of all the movies we make. Or sure. They love they love him and they wanna pay homage. Yeah. yeah, I can yeah. So then uh that actor, like the buffy looking one, goes into the bathroom and Polly clocks him. Cougars ready to stalk her prey. Meow. So then Ricky, on his hands and knees, wiping up the spill. And then he's like complaining the whole time about not having an assistant. I'm a star. I should have, I should never have given up my dreams of jazz dance. And then uh, Ginger Dead Man commits a full on hate crime and, yep. and rapes him with a red hot curler. Um, And it's, pretty awful ricky it's especially it's awful terrible to watch because yeah. ricky like likes it you know what i mean like yeah. he's like oh not so bad but then he starts getting electrocuted right and then he dies and he dies there's yeah, like blood so. coming out of his ass like i say this it's having horrible. made a yeah. movie where a yeti rapes college boys uh yeah. and i'm not proud of that either but at least <laughs> i don't know we weren't implying some sort of like pleasure derived from yeah this is just i mean it's just an incredibly reductive childish and offensive portrayal of a gay character yeah who then is murdered in a hate crime so yeah take take from that what you will body count two that ought to teach you to eat raw cookie dough then he grabs a knife and escapes in the vents in the bathroom polly's just listening to the dude take a shit <laughs> he like comes out he's like oh uh and then she's like good to hear my boy's getting enough roughage in his diet jesus it's disgusting ginger dead yeah, man's in the is. vent watching and he lights a match um she she won't take no for an answer coming on to this guy i'm double jointed i just had rejuvenation on my undercarriage um <laughs> <laughs> And then finally, he takes the bait, which is like, I can introduce you to every casting director in town. Mm hmm. Starts furiously making out with her. Uh, And then Kevin and Heather are fucking just going at it on set on that like stone slab from the beginning. Uh, Then he gets pulled away to get Sir Ian out of his trailer. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) This is the. Okay. This is not what I expected from a Ginger Dead Man movie, but we have okay. Nick is fucking Polly in the bathroom. Yeah. Ginger Dead Man is fucking mm-hmm. cranking it and watching. Yeah. He's really into it. He's really into it. Um, and yeah. he fucking comes. <laughs> if you ever wanted to know if the Ginger Dead Man ejaculates in a movie, yeah. he does. Yes. So I'm going to go ahead and say that if I'm just going to get into the spirit of things and play along, uh, I was expecting uh, some sort of icing yeah, some joke frosting. here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, frosting. It never happens. Nope. <laughs> really wasted. Like he should yeah. have flicked frosting off his hand or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so then uh, life, he, smoke, he smokes a butt. Life is good. And then he uh, stabs Polly in the back. And it goes through Polly and eventually stabs Nick as well, killing the both. Really of them. confusing mixed signals that he's like really into them fucking and enjoys it, and then he's like, okay, now I have to murder. Them. Yeah, and that's like, what? What do you stand for? And at first, Ginger he's also man. like, oh, gross. 
like when he first sees him, I think. But then he's like into it. Yeah, it's all over the fucking place. Uh, my work here is done. Body count four. Calvin's trying to get Sir Ian out of his trailer. They don't even fucking bother to try to make a realistic trailer. It's like it's like a storage container <laughs> with like a screen in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, Kelvin tries sweet talking him, but it doesn't work. Ian throws a TV through the window, and then the Ginger Dead Man goes into the animatronics room where all the puppets are kept, and uh, he gets really turned on by that like gooey gremlin looking girl puppet. And uh, what a piece of ass! You're making my loaf rise. <laughs> so my question is: Does the Ginger Dead Man think she's real? I think so. I think what we're supposed to take away from this is that, yeah, he thinks that she's another, well, she's like him and she's alive somehow. Okay. Uh, and also that he has a very short refractory period. He does because he starts fucking the puppet. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Archer back. <laughs> that was kind of funny. And the funniest thing is that he's that means he's fucking the guy's hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the guy doesn't love it. Yeah. He's uh, he's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. But then uh this movie like it does takes the opportunity to turn things really uh toxic. And this was kind of funny and then he gets mad at the puppet for not putting out and Yeah. And, and then what? Then he stabs through the puppet through the guy's hand. Yeah. And then eventually chainsaws his hand off. Pretty good looking blood. With, uh, with, wait, I'm sorry, Eric. Let's go back for a second. How does, what does he do to the hand after he stabs it? He chainsaws it off. Right? With, with what? A chainsaw? Oh, wait, is it not a chainsaw? No, it is, but it's a tiny functional chainsaw. chainsaw. Yeah, where do you get that fucking chainsaw? Wielded by a ginger, <laughs> yeah, it's a ginger dead man sized chainsaw <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's just like he's holding the knife and then he's holding the uh-huh. chainsaw we don't we, yeah. don't we never see him get the chainsaw it's no and introduction it there's no backstory it's yeah. functional as you pointed out <laughs> it's like a toddler's train chainsaw yeah that's right <laughs> uh if you want a real scary thing look up what chainsaws were invented for oh, it's uh horrifying i would say okay um, okay so, yeah, the blood looks pretty good, actually, though. Kelvin, Tommy, and Heather walk in and see it. Heather freaks out. Oh, sorry, Kelvin freaks out, <clears throat> calls rap. Uh, <laughs> he's like, he like calls everybody, like, everybody get out of here, run, run. And then he tells the guy, he's like, everything's going to be fine. Just try not to bleed too much, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> and then, oh, no, Tommy's gone. He's not in his wheelchair. Yeah. Everyone's panicked and running around. Kelvin and Heather, uh, they're looking for Tommy in like in the in like the uh, abandoned set for space spankers. Um, and Tommy's like calling for help. Help, guys! Help! It's a really tense and scary scene. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> Kelvin, Kelvin's like, I mean. Do we have to get him? How much time does he have left anyways? <laughs> That's kind of That's funny. That's pretty funny. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they're on the set of Space Spankers. Uh, Tommy, you can come out now. Don't be frightened. He's not hiding. He's asking for help. Right. It's weird. Uh, suddenly, a dude. Oh, Jack's, Jake Jackson 
stumbles into the set with his eyeball hanging out. Uh, he apparently was just attacked by the ginger dead man. They smell cinnamon extract. He's coming. Yeah. And he he goes on this whole spiel about how terrifying the ginger, ginger dead man is and that they should all be terrified and run for their lives because he's going to kill us all. Which brings me back to this idea of it's like, wait, why would I mean, yes, he's a murderer, but he doesn't have special powers. Right. So it's like once you know there's a murderous ginger dead man on the loose, the movie the like the I'm try I you know, I'm not trying to like nip. <laughs> but it's like <laughs> But it's like, wait, how is he gonna kill everybody? He's a fucking you know, eighteen inch tall cookie. Yeah, I don't know, but he does. Um, He's very good at killing. Eh, I don't know. Um so they're all freaking out. Suddenly, that robot from earlier comes to life, and the fucking mm-hmm. ginger dead man's in his chest like Krang. Yeah, piloting the the robot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I liked it. This is a nice touch. I... It is. And then he shoots Jake and vaporizes him. So I guess that robot was actually like has a functional, functional. vaporizer gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Body count five. So, therefore, shouldn't he be done? I don't know. Um. <laughs> I thought this thing was a prop. So did I. They must have rewired it. Those guys are good. <laughs> so they just they kind of explain that. Was that, fun. One line. that was a fun line. Yeah. Kelvin fights a robot. Um, he gets knocked over, and it's going to fry Heather. You're, you're, you ready to have your bagel toasted, baby? And suddenly, someone severs the power. It's fucking Tommy in a Demon Warrior 13 shirt. Tommy is Demon Warrior 13. Yeah. Wow. Here's Tommy. This, I didn't. This is uh, this is like an M Night Shyamalan it twist. Is, it is. I wrote, "Ha!" Huh, I legit didn't see that coming. Uh, really? Yeah, I didn't. I forgot about Demon Warrior Thirteen. I didn't. Oh, I didn't see the Demon Warrior necessarily, but I think it was clear that they were setting up Tommy to be more than he seemed. I see. I guess I'm just more of a trusting person. Okay, but I I will tell you that I probably would have bet on Hero somehow. Yeah, uh, in the end. Yeah, when he severs uh, the power, I thought he was going to. Uh, so what I thought was happening was mm. that he was like, "Oh, now it's my turn to be a hero," and he dressed up right. in like the Demon Hunter thirteen mm-hmm. because I forgot yeah. that 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 was a bad thing. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, so he has a nose ring now. <laughs> Did you notice something <laughs> about the nose ring? No, I didn't. it changes from shot to shot. In the wide, it's like a ball, uh-huh. and then okay. in the close up, it's a little stud, a flat stud. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's got a backpack full of dynamite. He just rants about how like he's gonna destroy the studio. Your studio is about to see the biggest bomb. Um, so he his. Do you want to describe his motivation for doing what he's doing? Uh, yeah, so I guess he is uh, a famously uh, ornery internet commenter named, as you mentioned, Demon Warrior 13, who has been uh, panning full moon, or sorry, not full moon, (laughs) Cheatham pictures for many, many years from his his blogging throne. but in reality, he hates them uh, not because they make bad movies, but because he has submitted many scripts to them 
and they've rejected them all and never uh, asked him to work right uh, for the for the production company. And yeah, is that is that about right? That's about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and so he's even like, I read every screenwriting book. Um, so he he thinks that he should be there piloting, you know, Full Moon yeah. Studios or Cheatham. This is a this is a biting satire uh-huh. of of the uh, blogger in review industry. One that and, that has never recovered from either. Like this yeah. takedown was so brutal that everybody talks. Mm-hmm. Everybody calls them Tommies now. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be a Tommy, man. You don't want to get Tommied. Yeah. Uh, you've been Tommied. Anyway, he's going to blow the whole studio. Kelvin admits that he's a hack. He has no talent. I need someone like you on my team. Uh, hey, let's give you a, let's give Tommy a, a three picture deal. Uh, and Tommy's like, well, wow. Well, I got to say, I'm feeling pretty awkward right now. <laughs> uh, but it's all a ruse. Um, Ginger Dead Man gets free from his robot. And then Heather sneaks up behind Tommy and is going to clock him on the head with a board. But it's a styrofoam mm. board, which yeah. uh, I guess she didn't notice. Um, no, when she picked it up and it weighed uh, five ounces. <laughs> Kelvin disconnects the bomb. Tommy pulls the gun on, on him. And uh, we fade to black as the ginger dead man is, is like still getting out from under the robot or something. It's, yeah, it's a weird fade to black. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, sorry. Um, and then Kelvin and Heather, they wake up, they're chained to the slab. Tommy's in that wizard gear from the beginning. He's going to kill them in front of the puppets. <laughs> like He's going to make the puppets watch. Yes, um, he's decided to make this a bit more theatrical. Yeah. He turns on a camera. He's going to read a spell book that he found. And uh, Ginger Dead <laughs> Man... make any... What's that? Sense. The, the, the very airtight logic of the first... Uh, 60 minutes of the film completely falls yeah. apart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ginger Dead Man's stalking around. I'm not really sure what his plan is at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so he starts saying the incantations that Tommy does. Yeah. And it's like six, it's, it's like making it's completing the Ginger Dead Man's plans at this point. Right, right. And then the Ginger Dead Man stabs him and he needed virgin blood. So this is his virgin blood, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, that's the idea, yeah. And in, in, in a connection to the recently released Mank, um, <laughs> Tommy <laughs> whispers, Rosebud, as he dies. Body counts up to six. Thank you. <laughs> Heather's like, thank you so much, Mr. Gingerbread Man, <laughs> for saving them. He's like, that's Ginger Dead Man, and thank you. So he's going to kill Heather to assured that he gets his five bodies Mm -hmm. because he wasn't sure if he actually killed the guy where he cut his hand off. Um, And then the fucking pentagram gets like activated or whatever and the puppets come to life. Like the, all the, the little tiny terrors. Yeah. Which I guess this is what happens. Is this the same spell that was supposed to, put him into a new host it also brings them to life yeah. is that what we're supposed to understand i think so the, okay the gnome's like let's do this shit the knob goblin sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you um then the puppets attack the ginger dead man <laughs> and so yeah this movie's called the passion of the crust price and i were watching this 
pretty much at the same time yesterday, but he was a little bit ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, the they added the Passion of the Crust." After- well, the name came late, yeah. Right. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and say that I think this scene was also probably shot last. I think so too, <laughs> because he's like, "I don't think it factors in at all." And then you text me, he's like. Well, actually, it does, <laughs> because <laughs> the puppets crucify the ginger dead man. <laughs> yeah, pretty violently. Pretty violently. Yeah. They even true, give him a crown of thorns. True to the source material. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has a crown of thorns, and then he starts burning on the cross. And then Sir Ian pops in with a machine yeah. gun. Heidi ho you half-baked, pint-sized little shit kickers. It's time to send you back to Hell's Kitchen. Uh, and then he machine guns the puppets. <laughs> the mm-hmm. dildo, haunted dildo has green blood. I like that. Uh, then he's like, Kelvin, I guess I was wrong. I guess it did look pretty good, huh? Um, so he thought he was, okay, so Sir Ian yeah. <laughs> bursts into a set with a machine gun, which actually yeah. functions. Oh. Yeah, with real bullets in it, yes. Shoots up everything and thinks that he's acting. He thinks that he's, like, doing his, yeah. nailing his scene. And he's upset that they're not rolling, even though he did not speak to anyone about no. starting. <laughs> this is supposed to be a famous actor uh, who spent his whole life in the craft and thinks that if you just walk into the room at any time during the day, they will be rolling, waiting for yeah, you to start to do your, your scene. scene. <laughs> <laughs> and they hand you live ammunition. Um, yeah, that's right. It's so uh Checks out. he gets pissed off and he, he just berates Kelvin and walks away. He- mm-hmm. Heather and Kelvin kiss. And then we hear an announcer. And now the winner for best horror hand puppet feature, Tiny Terrors Nine. Um <laughs> then we get back to the storybook narration, it wraps it up. Heather and Kelvin get married. Um, and then we see a homeless man. He's like walking around, he finds the burned cross with the burned ginger dead man on it. Yeah. Got himself a, a treat. He eats the ginger dead man. Now, of course. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Why wouldn't he? Exactly. Now he's possessed. It's burnt to hell. It's in the trash. Yeah. Uh, this is, you mentioned before, this is the director of Hatchet, uh, Frozen and the Hatchet movies. This is Adam. Oh, Green. this is him. Okay. The homeless man. Yeah. Um, And then that's it. Uh, we got the, the narrators like, never listen to critics. Those assholes are lame. Yeah. His eyes yeah. turn red. End uh, the movie. And in case you missed it on the way in, you get to listen to Run, 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 the theme song to this film, <laughs> in its entirety again, again during the end credits. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Hey, we got ourselves a movie, friends. Um, that is Ginger Dead Man 2, The Passion of the Christ, a- uh, Crust, a.k.a. Bloody <laughs> Bakery or whatever the fuck. Bakery of Bakery Blood. Blood. <laughs> Get yeah. everything wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moment that aged the worst. I mean, Oof. is there any other option? No, no. I think, I mean, there are other tone deaf things in this movie, but I think they could all sort of be overlooked as just being like bad jokes. But yeah, we discussed the homophobic jokes, the hate crime murder scene. Yep. It's terrible. Absolutely. And honestly, Aged poorly is not really accurate because this was super inappropriate at the time. Yeah. 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 It's not even like, oh, you know, it was a different time. It wasn't that long ago. No. It wasn't acceptable then either. Um, Yeah. 
so then uh best death certainly not ricky's death um did you have a favorite that stood out to you mike uh i did enjoy the crucifixion scene (laughs) (laughs) uh they do a good job with the with the literal um like the stigmata wounds right there's the uh there's a lot of blood that comes out of the ginger dead man as he gets hammered up onto the cross and uh then they light him on fire, and it's all very uh, dramatic. And uh, yeah, I I got a kick out of it. Um, I think for me, uh, it's gonna be the guy actually getting vaporized after his eye- his eyes poked out <laughs> because it was truly shocking to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you don't expect that robot to be fully functional. No. That's for sure. Uh, Can you hear my dog? Can you hear my dogs freaking out? I heard a bark, but it didn't bother okay. me. Okay. Um, if anybody hears that, uh, yeah, there they go. There they go. Those are my guys. You gotta okay. shut those dogs up. I'm sorry. Um. So, on the carpenter scale, Jesus Christ. I mean, we here at Killstreak like to rate how scary these movies are on what we call the <laughs> carpenter scale. You guys know this at this point. I doubt you're just tuning mm-hmm. in for Ginger Dead Man too. <laughs> I hope. I hope two of you are. I hope some of you, you are. Know? Um. Yeah. If this is your first episode. Jeez, man. I don't know. We said Starman well, so, the first one. Yeah. So I think last time we said uh, we were going to do Starman, but we'd obviously need to use Memoirs of an Invisible Man at some point, too. Yeah. So I think that, that this I, is I mean, the one. logically, this is, yeah, let's just go ahead and use Memoirs of an Invisible Man for this week. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Fantastic. Okay, great. Moving on. <laughs> and then uh, finally, Mary Fuck Kill. Uh, is this a movie that we're going to revisit and put a ring on it? It'll be an old favorite. Uh, is this one that we're just going to you know, have a little toss in the hay, roll around in the hay with mm-hmm. once in a while when we're mm-hmm. maybe a little liquored up? <laughs> or is this one we just want to never think about ever again? Yeah. I think for myself... Pains me to say it. This is a kill for me. I don't yeah. I'm never going to watch this fucking piece of shit again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that if it were not for the Ricky stuff, um, I would have... I would mostly chuckle at the memory of this movie. Sure, yeah. Um, where it was like, yeah, the movie was bad and dumb and ridiculous but it's like i mean it is i will say this it it kind of does more of the things that i was hoping for or expecting from the first that's a good one. point yeah right like the tone of it is more along the lines of what i thought we were in for and then the first one was just like a, truly just a piece of shit yes but it wasn't as offensive as this is um so i i mean i wish i could take all that out and like view it again Without, like, I, I wish I could view a more politically sensitive uh, version of this movie. But either way, it would be a kill. But I think that, yeah, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a kill. I'm not going to watch this movie again. Yeah, and I think that's a great point that this one does sort of deliver more on the premise of the ginger dead man as far as, like, having fun with it. But right. the fun that is there isn't that fun, so. No, I don't know. no. Maybe we'll yeah. redeem ourselves with the third Ginger Dead Man 3 Saturday Night Cleaver. 
also called yeah. something else. Yeah, it is. <laughs> they all have they all have fucking four names. Uh, uh, Mike, also you pointed out to me during the credits multiple misspellings and and capital a lot of capitalization errors <laughs> in the credits. Yeah, a lot of first name uncapitalized, last name capitalized. So fucking weird. <laughs> Oh yeah, the third is also known as Ginger Man, Ginger Dead Man Three, Roller Boogie Man. Yeah, but I'm seeing it here on Wikipedia as Boogie Man being misspelled. <laughs> so, so it actually says Ginger Dead Man Three, Roller Boggy Man. <laughs> oh, well, man. we'll get into that next week. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm gonna check what it is on. Uh, yeah, Roller Boogeyman is what it's on to be as. Uh, what a boy, fucking oh boy. mess. What a goddamn <laughs> mess the series is. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to go punch a hole through some drywall. <laughs> we'll be back. Okay, we're back, and we're here with our final segment. Uh, Mike, why don't you let our beautiful... I, guys, I, you know, I don't say that enough. You yeah. guys are a real good-looking bunch of listeners. We talk I, about it a lot. Yeah, we talk about it. Yeah, off the air. Um, and so, yeah, don't let, don't let the world get you down because, mm-hmm. hey, at least you're looking good doing it, you know? You're beautiful. <laughs> um, you guys remember when we let that slide as being popular music? Um, oh, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, today we are going to bring back uh, a segment. It's been quite a while since we've done but uh, we're fans of it here. Uh, it's the old staff picks. We like to roll this one out when uh, we present you guys with a movie that just does not make the cut. We feel bad about that. And as hypothetical employees of our own video store, um, which, wow, what a fantasy that would be, uh, an operational video store in this day and age. Um, oh we want to give you some alternate suggestions for a film that you might enjoy a bit more than you presumably enjoyed this one um (laughs) so today eric and i wanted to give you our staff picks for horror movies about the art of filmmaking yeah horror Um, movies about movies yeah so the one that i want to talk about first Mm -hmm. um i will say this would be the most directly analogous movie Mm -hmm to um ginger dead man 2 okay uh and it's trauma's terror firmer um and now this is also with the caveat that i'm sure i haven't seen this movie in years and years and years and i'm sure there's a lot of stuff in there that has not (laughs) aged well uh just knowing trauma yep um but i remember loving this movie really having a blast it for a while it was my favorite trauma movie until Citizen Toxie came out, which I th- yeah. think is actually a very funny movie. Um, it has almost identical plot <laughs> of of Ginger Dead Man, and it's just you know it's Lloyd Kaufman playing a a, vo- a version of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a director. He's a blind director, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he he's running. I think they call. It, I don't know if they call it trauma or something else. But it is trauma, and it is mm. just a celebration of how much right. heart you know trauma brings to their own movies and in the family that surrounds it. Yeah, uh, it's a celebration of of these kind of like trashy 
horror movies uh, that they make. And um, I th- I'll say if you want something with edgy humor, yeah. like the gingerbread man actually attempts but fails at in, in a lot of ways, yeah. this is the movie for you. If you're easily offended, hey, hey, snowflake, <laughs> move on down the road. Um, so, yeah, this, I guess you can consider this to be more of an honorable mention because, like I said, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. I can't say that it's going to play well right in these this time yeah. that we're all living in. But uh, it is one that I always enjoyed. Yeah, and to sort of uh, put a finer point on what you were saying about how uh, offensive this movie probably is. So the R-rated version that they had to make to get it through the MPAA is 98 minutes long. (laughs) And the unrated director's cut is 16 minutes longer than that. (laughs) It's almost two hours. Um, But yeah, I've only seen this once. It was a long time ago, but I also remember liking it. And I think just in general it's easy to like draw a lot of comparisons between full moon features and trauma, but it always seems to me like trauma is a bit more inspired. There's more creative energy behind the stuff that they do. Yeah. Like it's still cheap and trashy, but they have like kind of fun ideas that they try to follow through on where we talked about this last week, even more so than this week, but like so far these full moon movies just seem to be, so paint by numbers, like, like not only are they really poor quality, but they're also really uninspired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trauma has a spark. There's something, yeah. something there. Yeah. And I mean, and occasionally they make stuff that's like fun and, and kind of good. I mean, like there's a reason why the original toxic Avenger got so popular. It's like a really kind of fun, enjoyable movie. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, my first pick, and both of my picks are probably going to be a little bit more uh, mainstream, but that's just who I am, man. Um, <laughs> and I did. Uh, uh, the first one uh, is an entry in a very well-known film series. Uh, it is Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, so I would. This is this is part of the the Nightmare on Elm Street series for anybody who hasn't seen this movie. And I would venture to say that it is my third favorite of the series. Uh, it's mm. been a, it's been a while since I've done a full walkthrough. Um, but yeah, I mean, for sure, you know, uh, the original is is always going to be my number one. Um, but I go back and forth between uh, Dream Warriors and New Nightmare as being my other favorite. I think. Yeah. Um, this movie is like, it's almost, you can kind of feel Wes Craven like doing a dry run for Scream. Um, mm-hmm. It's very meta. It's 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 about horror movies. Um, but the script for anybody who doesn't know, like follows essentially Heather Langenkamp, who plays Nancy in the first movie, in into her real life. And it's basically, it's a really great elevator pitch. It's just like, what if Freddy Krueger became real? And right. started terrorizing the people who made the the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Um, it's much more serious in tone than pretty much everything but the first and maybe the second to a certain degree. Um, yeah. And it's scarier. And But I also think it's fun. It brings back a lot of the actors from the original. You get great 
brief appearances by Wes Craven, by Robert England playing himself. Uh, John Saxon comes back from the first one. So overall, I just think it's a, it's just pretty well done. It's not, you know, groundbreaking, but it's, it's a cool idea. And we, you know, you get to see sets of movies. You, there are special effects people. You get to talk about the creative process with the director and the actors and all that stuff. And, 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 but through, throughout it all, we still have this like scary villain of Freddy Krueger. So, yeah, I don't know if you enjoy that one, Eric, but that's, that's, that's one yeah, I've always I definitely liked. do. Yeah. And I, I've been, it's on my short list of rewatchers that I, I've been, <clears throat> since Halloween actually, I'm like, oh, I got to rewatch New Nightmare. Yeah. Uh, and just haven't gotten around to it. But yeah, it's, that's a great call. Nice. Thank you. Uh, so then my, other pick uh, that I can more wholeheartedly recommend um, is a Japanese movie called One Cut of the Dead. And I'm not going to say much about it because mm. you can't uh, <laughs> without really spoiling some stuff. Okay. Uh, but it is about uh, some low budget filmmakers making a zombie movie and things happen. Very good. Uh, it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. It's really, ins- it's, it's, it's like, it's kind of a it's a feel good movie, I would say. Interesting. Which is it was not like you would think on a horror movie podcast where we're recommending horror movies. Yeah. Uh it's a little bit surprising. But yeah, definitely check that one out. It's on Shutter, at least it was. I still I assume it still is. It's well worth your time. All right. Yeah. Uh I you had recommended that to me once before and I have been meaning to watch it. And uh as soon as I can grow enough spine to put my phone down and watch a movie with subtitles i i I will but i have a problem just like a lot of society yeah um i I have the same problem oh boy i keep praying for that uh escape from la emp to come and just uh (laughs) do the do the hard work for me please deliver me from (laughs) what i've created for myself yeah yeah i changed Um, my name to dick Gooley on twitter (laughs) hey now twitter is okay (laughs) That's a safe haven. Um, so before I get to my last pick, I wanted to do a quick shout out, honorable mention to a movie that I know that you also uh, enjoy quite a bit. I don't think it really counts as a horror movie, so I didn't put it on my list. But I'm going to say that Mulholland Drive uh, is an excellent film that is really fucking scary in a lot of parts and is a very interesting sort of overall take on Hollywood. So it's not... It's not entirely about making movies so much as it's about like the sort of world of Hollywood and like what it's like to be kind of chewed up and spit out by that world. Um, uh-huh. But if you haven't seen it and you're looking for something that is creepy and about uh, the filmmaking larger universe, I highly recommend it. But you've probably seen it if you listen to our podcast. But um, my actual final pick. Uh, is one that I think uh, people tend to forget about the existence of. It didn't make too much of a splash when it came out, but I think it is super underrated. Uh, and it is uh, Shadow of a Vampire. Um, mm. Have you seen oh, it, never, Eric? I've never seen that, no. Okay, so this is this is the thing. Lots of people have not seen this movie. Um And so it stars uh, John Malkovich and Willem Dafoe. Uh Uh, And it is basically a meta horror movie directed by a guy that I don't really know anything about. His name is Elias Merhig or Merhiga. I don't even know how you pronounce it. 
Um, this is his only major feature film. But the premise of it is it is about the filming. It's it's essentially a, a mockumentary almost, but it's not a mock. It's not a joke. It's a fictionalized right. documentary account of the filming of Nosferatu, mm. uh, where Malkovich plays director F.W. Murnau, and Willem Dafoe plays Max Schreck, who portrays Nosferatu or Count mm-hmm. Orlock in the movie. And the premise of it is... That Max Schreck, who is this famously mysterious character that has never was never in another movie and no one knows anything about, is an actual vampire that Murnau tracked down and basically convinced to be in his vampire huh. movie. That's uh, awesome. And it proceeds from that premise forward. So I won't really spoil too much about what happens, but I will say that I mean Malkovich is good as you would expect him to be. Willem Dafoe is amazing. It is oh, cool. It is a phenomenal performance, and they cut back and forth sometimes between black and white footage for the for the movie, and then original footage from Nosferatu. And he does such a good job that it's like it's indistinguishable at times. Oh, it's amazing! Um, How weird must that set have been with those two fucking psychos, <laughs> Malkovich and Willem Dafoe? Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I have to like—I don't know why—but I feel like Dafoe is somehow going to be the less weird one on set. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Because he plays crazier characters, so I'm like, yeah, I feel like he's doing more acting, and Malkovich just seems like Malkovich doesn't seem like dangerous weird. But he no. seems so fucking strange. Like he would just yeah, be so odd to like. Like truly eccentric. Yes. <laughs> like he must shout at people all the time. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. John Malkovich, if that's not what you're like. But it's just like. It seems like you'd be like that. <laughs> yeah, it totally does. Yeah. But hey, that could just be a great credit to your acting. So. Uh, so, yeah, those are our staff picks. If you want to watch a, a horror movie or a horror adjacent movie about movies getting made skip uh this one uh yeah do not watch passion of the crust instead try check out one of these well there you go guys uh that's our episode and if you want to write to us you can do so you can follow us on twitter and instagram we are both at killstreakpod on both of those platforms mm-hmm. um yeah i guess you could follow us on facebook or whatever i don't i don't really use facebook so yeah. maybe i should it's for the grandparents know. these days that's what i hear yeah yeah uh you can also email us at killstreakpod at gmail.com leave us yeah. a voicemail on our anchor website which is anchor.fm slash killstreakpod yeah and i realize we've been saying that every week you can also just there is a link to that uh voicemail in the show notes every week so just oh go, sure yeah go there and leave us a, a voicemail Please. And also leave us a rating on iTunes. That'd yeah, be great. Please. Yeah. Uh, we'd love that. It would help uh, with all sorts of stuff, uh, especially like Eric and I buying, um, you know. Expensive pre- cars. Yeah. Expensive cars mostly. <laughs> Co- we cocaine. can't stop s- s- buying expensive cars. <laughs> it's, it's a real vice. Uh, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, so next week we will be covering, as uh, we mentioned earlier, Ginger Dead Man 3, Saturday Night Cleaver, sometimes known as the Roller Boggy Man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Eric, is this one on Tubi? It is. Okay, great. It's on Tubi. You can also sign up for that seven-day free trial of the Full Moon uh, channel on Amazon like I did. Yeah, Uh, if you don't want to 
put up with Tubi's commercials. Yeah, it is commercial free, but you got to remember to cancel it uh, or they're going to charge you for it. I guess you could pay them if you really oh, wanted to. Wow. Yeah. I just click play on uh-huh. this one. Yeah. And I'm kind of like scrolling through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Looks like an experience, folks. <laughs> let's let's make a standing date to talk about this next week. That sounds good. Let's do it. All right. Yeah, I, I'll carve out some time next weekend. Uh, well, that will do it. And as always, I had to wipe my ass with my socks.